in Jesus' hands. The story tonight in the gospel setting is a very familiar one. It's a very familiar one, especially on Maundy Thursday as we look at that Last Supper and we look at the events of the Last Supper. It's a familiar one as we think of the care that Jesus had for his disciples. But have you ever held on to something extremely fragile? I mean, some things come to mind, right? Like uh, great-great-grandma's China and you've got to move across country and you're trying to figure out how to handle it. How would you handle this fragile thing that is irreplaceable? You can't just go buy another 150-year-old plate. You can't buy something that's been within the family for so long. If that were to break, it wouldn't quite be the same. It's fragile and it has value. Uh, For kids, have you ever tried to catch a bubble? You know, hold on to a bubble, and sometimes you catch one, you get really excited. Maybe you catch it on the little wand that you blew it out from, and, and it's there for a little bit, but you've got to be so gentle, because if you're not gentle with it, it pops and it breaks. And there's another one that'll come along, but it's probably not the same size, not quite exactly the same way. What about a, a baby? For those of you that have had kids, or have watched kids, or grandkids, you hold on to that little child, Now imagine if that child was premature, right? An average birth weight is like seven, eight pounds. Premature baby, maybe around two pounds. Tiny little thing. Sit in your palm. The fragility that's there and the care that's needed in order for that fragile thing, for that fragile life to be sustained. You see, as Jesus is there at the supper with his disciples, he knows their fragility. He knows the care that they need. He, they don't necessarily. They've been walking along for some time now. They've been following him for some time now, having their own plans of the way things are going to go. But he knows what they need before his father. He knows the care they need. He knows what needs to be done for them. And throughout his speaking with them, You can hear him preparing them for a journey, for something to come. And that's what foot washing is. You see, as a guest would come into a house for dinner, the master of the house would usually offer up a basin of water for the person to wash their own feet to cleanse themselves from the journey that had just passed. Uh, Or maybe they would bring a servant along to do the same thing, but never would the master actually wash their feet unless it was a very intimate and close relationship, maybe. But see, it was, it was to wash, to cleanse before the meal. And then oftentimes, folks would even wash again before bedtime. To be ready for the next day, to be ready for the day to come, to be ready for what was coming ahead. And Jesus knew what was coming ahead. You see, as he looked forward, knowing who was going to betray him, knowing the events that were going to happen after this supper, knowing what was going to happen at the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing what was going to happen at Golgotha. He knew the road that he was going to have to travel. Yet he also knew that as that led to the cross, the journey kept going. The journey would continue on to his father, and as he looks at the disciples, he looks at them as ones that need some care. They need preparation for that journey. Yet he knows they 
can't walk and follow him exactly in the footsteps that he's taking to the cross or exactly the other places. So as he washes their feet, he takes their identity upon himself and he cleanses them. Cleanses them and prepares them for a journey ahead that he's going to walk on their behalf. Prepares them for a route that he's going to walk. And I started thinking about what it would be like to take the identity of something upon myself. And I, I started to think about washing a dog. And I don't know if you've ever washed a dog, but if you wash a dog, usually what ends up happening is your dog smells like a dog to begin with. And then as you take that dog, and whether it's a bath or a hose or a shower or whatever it is, by the end of the time coming, that dog is beautifully clean. And you usually have wet dog hair, and your hands smell like wet dog, and there's everything else that's on you that came from the dog, and the dog runs away happy to go roll around in the dirt again. But you smell like dog at this point. So now what are you going to do? Now, now you've got to go wash your hands, maybe change your clothes or do all those other things. Well, Jesus, as he's washing their feet, takes their feet, dirtiness, all their journeys, all their things they've walked through, all the things that have brought them to that moment, taking them upon himself as he continues a walk towards the cross. To walk with their identity upon him as he walks towards the cross. As they walk away from that moment with his cleanliness. You see, because as he dies, he dies for their sinful identities. As he hangs upon the cross with all their sinfulness, he hangs to carry that sinfulness down to the grave and leave it there. But we know Easter is coming. We know where he rises and he continues the journey on to the Father. And as he continues on that journey, he has cleansed his disciples. So they are ready for that journey when the day comes. When he comes back, he says, you have a part of me because I have cleansed you. And I've taken your sin and I've taken your dirtiness and I've taken everything that shaped you before me, everything that shaped you in a corrupted creation. And I've taken that to the grave. So that you carry my righteousness. You carry my sinlessness. Because I've gone before the Father to make peace. To make things right. To make things whole. Where I held your feet in my hands to wash them, I then held in my hands your sin and buried it. But now I rise again, right? Easter morning, Christ rises again. Sin not in his hands anymore, but the marks of what he's done for you still there. Forgiven and loved. I, I miss <laughs> communion on a night like tonight. It's hard to not put into your hands Christ. For, to not hold and hand over the goods to not hand over his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of your faith. I long for that day to be able to hand that over again with a smile on my face, knowing that what comes from this altar, what comes from Christ himself as he gives himself to you, to hand that over to you. I long for that day. And that day will come again. Yet until that day, comes we know that we are still in christ's loving hands we know that he is still holding on to us that he is still 
forgiving us, still caring for us, still preparing us every single day for what comes ahead. No matter what that day ends up looking like, he is still present in his word and in his promises. He is still present among his church. He loves you, has loved you, continues to love you. And there will be a day coming where all we do is sit in that love and in that care. When we actually sit in his presence once again. And until that day, he says, love one another. Take care of one another. You've seen how I have loved you now. Go and love one another. Be with one another. Share my word with one another. Forgive one another. Because you are forgiven. Loved fully and completely in Christ. In his name, amen. Would you please pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have poured out upon us in Christ. That all that would hear his words and believe in him would know of the truth of your grace and your mercy for your creation. The forgiveness of sins that comes only through Christ and his death and his resurrection. And we pray, Father, that you lead us each day by your Spirit. That you guard us and keep us in that love. And that you would give us strength to love one another as you have loved us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.